0: Welcome to Breaking Bad News, Apron Food PR's podcast about food brands, recalls,
1: withdrawals, alerts and issues, and the way they're treated in the press and on social media.
0: Welcome to this edition of Breaking Bad News. I'm Jeff Hahn. Who is that on the other side of the mic opposite me? None other than the great Jenny Gregorsik. Hey, Welcome hey. back, Jenny.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Gosh, we miss
0: you on the podcast. I have to admit, though... I cheated on you a bit. I heard oh, you, were away. Mm-hmm. you were what you were away welcoming baby Charlotte into the world. Yep. So that's important work. But um, you found out that I had others in your chair.
1: That's right, because I actually listened to the podcast
0: while I was away. <laughs> oh, you're the one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it was me. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll say that. Charlotte doesn't have an iTunes account yet, so she, she isn't on the podcast train yet, but she loved listening to, to what you guys were doing while I was away.
0: Oh, I'm, I suspect because we had great guests. We had Libby Letton, mm-hmm. our good friend, and, and Bill Coletti, our buddy, both who are terrific crisis comms people in their own right. So it was really fun to have them come and spend some time doing some analysts' work for us, thinking about particular cases. We enjoyed that. Mm -hmm.
1: I think Lib and Bill are both just um, really good examples of people who work in a serious space but don't take themselves too seriously. Right, yeah, and they're fun to be around. (laughs) They're great.
0: (laughs) Hey, did you hear me uh, work up the folks from Tip Top Poultry in September-October Combo Month Edition? was pretty exciting
1: uh yeah i I certainly did i will say you almost lost me on all that catfish trivia but but you recovered very nicely
0: i know i got a little lost in catfish i was trying i was hoping i could do something with mama's chicken pies but (laughs) uh, uh, but tip top took the prize for the day and yeah sorry about all that catfish thing but the word uh, i still can't say it right and i won't even try this time it got me off into a, into a groove
1: you know one of the things i was a little bit surprised by is that you didn't catch on to the tnr enterprises their recall was due to insanitary conditions and i know you're quite a stickler when it comes to all things grammar and probably thought maybe it was a typo that it was insanitary rather than unsanitary but did you know that's actually a real word in the food safety space. Yeah,
0: I, actually I didn't, you know, and you're right, it kept me up for days. I was <laughs> I was driving around for thousands of miles trying to figure out why in the world insanitary was different, but I figured it out. I mean, I looked it up. Unsanitary just means not sanitary. But insanitary means so dirty or ridden with germs as to be a danger to health. It's a pretty wicked definition, which is... I guess that's why you food people like to use it. That's true.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, it's just another example of the um, unique vernacular, I will say, that gets used in the food industry. And if you ever want to join me in HACCP training, you'll learn all kinds of interesting words like that.
0: I asked you if I should attend HACCP training with you, and you you waved me off. (laughs) Good Lord. You're good. Do not do that. (laughs) Well, uh, i won't um I won't worry too much about taking that class. I'll continue to distract myself with catfish talk, like saluiforms. that's um that's it. Uh, I said it there it is. I said it, and you're now here to sharpen me back up and get me back on track so I don't go off into tangents like that.
1: <laughs> I will get you back on track, Jeff
0: yeah, and it's a good thing, and I was obviously slipping, and so why don't we start right now and let you make the recall of the month declaration jenny who is this month's actually this month's recall of the month
1: great question you know like you did in september and october i actually combined november and december And I think it's a good time because the holiday months are just huge in terms of food with the holidays. Of course, Thanksgiving kicks everything everything off, and Thanksgiving was practically in December this year. So uh, it's on the 28th of November. So it's good to do another combo meal, if you will, on those two months. So um, I know sometimes you like to just come right out and tell our listeners who the recall of the month is. Um, but you know, I like to, I like to give a little lead up to it. So I'm actually not going to reveal my pick just yet.
0: Well, yes, I'm a headline guy. So that's what uh, always gets me crazy about news stories is how poorly written the headlines are and misleading they are. So I figured that I could do the same just to get even, (laughs) but, but okay, you had a, you had some choice if you're going to do a combo meal, November, December, I was actually, um, In a little bit of a desert, in the combo I did, September-October, there were only nine recalls to choose from. Mm -hmm. I got a good one, uh, but the pickings were a little bit slim, to say the least.
1: Yeah, not an issue for me this go-round. I had 15 to choose from, so didn't have to worry too much about finding a good one for for this podcast.
0: Well, good. So you're going to give us a slow lead-up into the big reveal about your recall of the months for November, December. And I guess before we take a quick break and recognize our sponsor, which of course our sponsor is you, mm-hmm. um, do you want us to tell the headline that you're gonna work with?
1: Hmm. The headline. You know, let me let me go a different direction here. I'll give you a hint in the form of a trivia question.
0: Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you good at trivia? Terrific. Great. Okay, so this 70s and 80s rock group is best known for hits like "Jukebox Hero," "Cold as Ice," and my favorite, "Urgent."
0: Hmm, okay, it's a trivia question that only Ken Jennings himself could probably buzz in <laughs> on. But you know what? We'll take a break. I'll do some thinking about it. I'll get catfish out of my head, and we will come back. I bet I can. I bet I can get the answer to you. Okay. This episode of Breaking Bad News is sponsored by no one because no brands wanna be associated with this topic. And can you blame them? The team from Apron Food PR, however, is proud to step into the vacuum. You can learn more about Apron Food PR's brand protection and promotion work by visiting apronfoodpr.com. Welcome back to the second half of our combo meal. Recall of the Month featuring November and December 2019 recalls. My partner Jenny has culled through her research and she found 15 noteworthy recalls, but left us hanging with a trivia question. And it was this, this 70s and 80s rock group is best known for hits like Jukebox Hero. Jenny, no sweat on this one for me. I'm all into the 80s and so I know the answer. It's Foreigner, right?
1: I knew you would get it. Your knowledge of music astounds me, Jeff. You know, um, some of our listeners, actually none of our listeners know this. At a holiday party a couple of years ago, our company holiday party, we had karaoke. But the requirement was in order to sing karaoke, you had to do a song by the Bee Gees. That was Jeff's rule.
0: That's All right. BJ's
1: karaoke. And you
0: know why? I even put it in Breaking Bad news. It's my my favorite song is staying Alive. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, I know that. But Foreigner is a great group and we have to give them some props. Mick Jones, Lou Graham, They sold like 80 million records and so they've done okay for themselves, but you know what? They they never made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. They I think Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a thing against stadium bands, you know, the big hair bands mm-hmm. and the big stadium bands, but I don't know. Bon Jovi's in, so maybe there's still hope. It'll happen for him. It'll happen for him. Anyways, here we go. You've got me on the line with this idea of foreigner, but I don't know where you're going with this.
1: Yeah. Um just side note, you know a lot about foreigner, so um <laughs> we learned we learned that. But um foreigner is also a defining characteristic of the pattern of recalls that we saw in November and December, and that's foreign object contamination. Uh, I, knew, I
0: knew that. No, I had no idea actually where you were going <laughs> at, but I liked the way you played it. It was really fun.
1: Thanks, thanks. You know, we've talked about foreign object contamination on the show before. It's something that happens very regularly, so it's not a new topic, but the prevalence of recalls around the subject was Just too much to ignore this time of year. Um, It was a bad couple of months for foreign object contamination. So you mean
0: you had, of your 15, you had quite a few of them that were...
1: Quite a few, yeah. I'll just tick off a few of the highlights. Um, Advance Pierre Foods had a recall on their ready-to-eat ground beef products due to possible foreign matter contamination.
0: Advance Pierre, that's a Tyson company. Uh Uh-huh, they
1: are. Ashland Sausage Company had a recall on their sausage products um same res- all of these are the all sabers. these form, foreign matter. All foreign mm-hmm. matter coming. possible foreign matter okay uh ristelli brothers inc recalled their meat products um simmons prepared foods recalled some of their poultry products we'll talk more um, about some of these later mm-hmm. uh ruiz food products were called their frozen sausage breakfast burrito products and Ahinomoto foods north america Recall their chicken fried rice products for the same reason. So, um, oh, and one more. A special call out to Bluegrass Quality Meats. They had a pork and turkey recall due to misbranding and undeclared allergens. Are you kidding me? A turkey recall at Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> oh, no. That goes
1: in the category of you had one job, man. <laughs> man. But <laughs> just like you did in September and October, uh, your combo, combo meal month with Chicken Jeff, I just couldn't look past all of the issues with foreign matter contamination in the November-December time frame. So, you know, I think when a third of the recalls are all on the same subject, it's just a little weird.
0: It's weird and, and yeah, you've picked up the trend and so very topical. But can you remind us, let's rewind the clock just a little bit and give us a really quick rundown of foreign matter recalls. What's the what what's is the foreign it? matter? What Remind listeners of what that is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's um there's a few different categories that foreign matter is broken out into um the first is what they call inadvertent from the field meaning it's um stones metal insects undesirable vegetable vegetable matter like thorns or wood Mm -hmm. dirt small animals small animals what (laughs) it can happen you know think about if you're um in a greenhouse or you're an ag product that's grown outside, you can bring some of that stuff with you. Mm -hmm. Um, then there's inadvertent that results from processing and handling that can be things like bone, glass, metal, wood, nuts, bolts, um, screens, cloth, grease, paint chips, rust, so on. And, uh, you know, think about that. Um, whenever you've got manufacturing, um, you've got a manufacturing line. And so, Um, metal shards are one that's really common that we see Um, other pieces from those manufacturing from that manufacturing
0: equipment yeah and we forget when if you've been inside of a food processing plant that there are oftentimes the conveyor belts are elevated Mm -hmm. one on top of the other they're moving back and forth and so metal shavings off of bearings or that's right wheels can fall down from the upper conveyor belts yep exactly yep the
1: third category is materials entering the food during distribution, things like insects, metal, dirt, or stones. Again, when you're transporting food from one place to another, then there's always the possibility for foreign matter to get into that product. Uh, the fourth uh-huh. and my favorite uh, from a crisis comm standpoint is materials intentionally placed in food, like employee sabotage. That's... Ah, uh, Band-Aids? Yep. Those can make for some for some really interesting and challenging food safety issues.
0: Yeah, that's a fun one, you're right. Um, You said there's five though, right? Oh
1: yeah, the last one, just uh, miscellaneous, all the other things. (laughs) Um, If you've ever heard of something called struvite, which is a phosphate crystal, um, and then just really anything else that could possibly get into. Sand, Mm -hmm. dirt,
0: anything like that, yeah, okay. So you've got those, those are the things that can get into uh, produced food. Yep. Are they are they tough to find? Tough to detect?
1: Oh, you know, it's it's situational for sure. If it's uh, number four, a material intentionally placed in food, mm, those are those are usually easier to find. Uh, uh, yeah, a a finger, cut
0: off, uh-huh. a cut off finger in Wendy's chili, for example. Yep, exactly, yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Um, but you know, I think it's important to note that. The detection methods for foreign objects have come a long, long way in the last few years. Um, the very first ruling or the first law to protect consumers on this was the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906. And it's safe to say in 100 plus years, we've come a long way with with detection. And in fact, I think in January, we're going to do an episode about food adulteration, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got it on the uh, calendar for that because there's... Uh uh, there's some new content that I want to talk about. Just It's a bit of a history lesson into that Pure Food and Drug Act. Oh, cool. Should be a lot of fun.
1: There's a lot more that we could talk about on just the subject of detection.
0: I like the uh, subject of adulteration. It sounds a little uh, X-rated, but um, the notion really isn't around anything mm, pornographic. It's about a dude named Harvey Washington Wiley, and he's uh, he's kind of a hero in this food safety space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about. Yep. Okay, Jenny, on Recall of the Month, we dive down deep into the news media. We'd look at how they treated these food recalls, and we're asking ourselves all the time, why is this recall getting a lot of attention? Why is that recall not? I'm guessing that you picked one of your foreign matter candidates, although you're right about uh, bluegrass quality meats. They do deserve a shot to the ribs for the a turkey recall during Thanksgiving. Golly, no kidding. <laughs> but um, but you need to proclaim your combo month recall of the month. Okay, let's do it. Before I do
1: that, though, let's just do oh. a okay. <laughs> quick review. I've got six candidates this month, so I think it's worth some yeah, discussion give, into each of those. You want to give them some love? Yep. Okay, so first up, I mentioned earlier, Advanced Pierre Foods. These guys had 16,000 pounds of beef that was recalled because it... May contain small green plastic, probably something that happened during Mm -hmm. manufacturing. Yep, production. Um, And you mentioned Tyson is the parent company of Advanced Pierre. Um, This beef wasn't sold in stores, but it did get delivered to schools. Yikes. Some institutional Mm -hmm. uh, users, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Uh, Second up is Ashland Sausage. This was about 1,000 pounds of pork sausage that was pulled for possible dark, hard plastic contamination. Um, This one, though, was isolated to retail locations in Illinois and New York.
0: Only about a thousand pounds. Of, mm-hmm. of, okay, mm-hmm. not a huge small quantity. Not yep. a huge quantity. Yep. yep.
1: Although if you get a piece of piece of plastic in your pork, you're just one, not going to be happy about yeah, it. Yeah, Just one quantity is enough. That's right. <laughs> uh, Ristelli Brothers, they had 130,000 pounds of ground beef. Uh, because of the potential plastic contamination. And this one was sold under the retail name Nature's Ranchers, uh, and it was distributed at retailers across five states. Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: That one is leading the pack for me if I'm guessing who your pick is.
1: Okay. Well, let's keep going. Simmons prepared foods. They had over 2 million pounds of ready-to-cook chicken products that were recalled due to extraneous metal. This is a a Class 1 recall. Class 1. Yep. Okay. Uh, Ruiz food, they had another class one recall, uh, with 55,000 pounds of frozen, not ready to eat breakfast burrito products that were contaminated with pieces of plastic. And last but not least, Ahinamoto foods, 172,000 pounds of chicken fried rice contaminated with pieces of plastic. It's a lot of chicken fried rice. Uh, that is a
0: lot of rice.
1: <laughs> and that was a class two recall.
0: Oh, okay. And a class one, I mean, it's like, uh, could cause... Sickness or death. Yes. Class mm-hmm. two, not so bad. Right. Uh, so our fried rice isn't quite in the same uh, category mm-hmm. as a couple of the others. Yep. All right. So you, mm-hmm. you've you got some volume to think about there.
1: Yep. And I'll tell you, just based on sheer volume alone, the um, coverage was five times more than the closest second place and the one that gets the recall of the month honors is Simmons Prepared Foods. Hey Simmons. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Well, check out these stats. These will blow your way. Uh, 3,000 total media mentions across earned and social. Uh, 596 earned media stories, nearly triple the closest competitor. Um, about 1,300 Twitter posts and 28 million impressions on social. And it was a class one recall to your point. So yep. that counts too. Yep.
0: Um, I think when you were ticking those off, it's pretty interesting when we imagine why does media take off for one particular recall and not others. It's that big number, 2 million Mm pounds. So when I was thinking about that, I said, "Mm, I bet Jenny's going to go in that direction. I made a good guess, and I was comparing and contrasting what Simmons Prepared Foods did in terms of their own communication. What did they post on their website? So I went back and looked at them. Then I compared them to um, Tip Top Poultry, the combo meal I did in September, October. Yep. Tip Top Poultry, um, I gave them some unsolicited advice. They probably didn't care for that. But, <laughs> but um, compared to Tip Top, Simmons was pretty laconic in its paragraph, I mean, or in its, in its posting. Only three paragraphs, 128 words. Hmm. The folks from Tip Top did over a, almost a 1,000 words in their statement, in their That's release. That's a lot of words. So, you know, Simmons, I'll say good job. You got right to the heart of the issue in the second sentence. Maybe you could have reversed that a little bit in the first, but okay. A middle paragraph about the fact that no one had suffered individual adverse effects, and a third that glides out with a nice statement of commitment to quality and um, the food safety industry, food safety in the industry. So not bad. If I put it through my breaking bad news lens, I'd say they missed an opportunity to characterize this as a rare and isolated incident. That's always important. We've had clients where that became the number one leading idea when i was re- when responding to a food safety incident when listeners readers viewers understood that context of how rare it was for that particular client to have an issue all of a sudden the interest in the in the incident went way down so that's an interesting characteristic or an interesting tactic to take and i think simmons could have also talked a little bit more about the corrective action specifically that they're taking even they uh, inviting consumers to send them a note if you have any concerns, um, it's a nice idea, but not necessary. So I like uh, their to-the-point approach um, more than I like tip-top poultry's hmm. over—they sort of overdid it in my book. But um, Simmons, pretty good grade on their the way that they did their outreach.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think more is less in— this kind of issue, so I I agree with you. I think that's that's really good feedback for them, and you know from a from a PR perspective, I think the media lesson that we take from this one is that volume of product does matter. It gets the attention of broadcast media, especially. We know they love those big scary numbers, and I think that's why Simmons got so much more coverage than um, the other recalls that we saw.
0: Yeah, triple the closest mm-hmm. in in the category that you uh, ticked off there. Yes. like. Was it close to 600 stories?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let me look back at my notes. Something like that. Uh, yeah, 600 stories, 3,000 total mentions in earned and social.
0: That's quite a few. Now you have to think about when you hear that volume of stories, the effect that syndication is having. Yeah, that's guys, huge, right? So that could have been one story. Could have been one story, blasted all over the universe. And all of the, in the era of syndication that we find ourselves in, one news outlet can control 1,000 to, right. to 1,500 stations. That's right. So that's part of the challenge that any brand faces in this news media environment. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, Jenny, uh, Simmons is your pick, so we'll make it stick. I'll guess, you know what I'll do? I'll send them an autographed copy of Breaking Bad News. Oh, they'll love that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just what think, they always wanted. Do you think they'll send it back? <laughs> Probably COD. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> yeah. And listeners, I'll tell you what. I'll send you an autographed copy of Breaking Bad News. To you can go to the website. Um, it's https colon slash slash You can pre-order your copy. I'll send you a signed book plate once the books the books start shipping. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get that out the door in Q1 here. Keep slipping a little bit, but. I'm very optimistic that um, by the mid middle of March, we'll be we'll see books um, in the airports and on Amazon.
1: Very cool. So pre-order now before before the rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: right for the Christmas rush. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should um, also remind our, remind our listeners too, as we're closing out the year, that we've got some really fun podcast episodes coming up. We already talked a little bit about. January, We're going to focus a little bit more on detection and uh, all-you-can-eat buffets. Let's yeah. do that, oh, too. Oh, all-you-can-eat mm-hmm. buffets
0: has got to go in January. Yep. We want to talk about the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906. There's some fun history there. Um, I can give you an update on Breaking Bad News, too. Make oh, cool. sure we're good there.
1: Yep, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got a new diagnostic tool that we're using with clients now called – it's called the Cassandra
0: Calculator. And oh, we can, yeah.
1: Yeah, we can talk more about that and maybe um, – Maybe even extend an offer to our listeners to give it a try.
0: Right. You know what? I'll get. I'm going to tell you all about the legend of Cassandra, the Greek prophetess, and the new tool that we use to diagnose um, uh, gaps in our clients' rapid response readiness. It's going to be. That's a really cool new diagnostic tool that we've been working on.
1: Awesome. That sounds very cool. And, of course, we talked about doing some looking back at the origins of food safety and food safety regulation, Mm -hmm. giving some love to our friend Harvey Washington Wiley. So lots of really good stuff coming up in, in the new year. And thanks to our listeners for sticking with us. And we know there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming in 2020.
0: Right. Happy New Year, Jenny. Glad to have you back.
1: Same to you, Jeff. Thanks a bunch. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to Breaking Bad News. Subscribe and learn more at apronfoodpr.com. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. It really helps.